0: Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who carved out a great career in the sector, as well as talk to employers and experts who champion diversity and gender equality. In series three, we're teaching women how to be bold and proud in pursuing their career ambitions by sharing top tips and expertise from individuals um, in the workplace. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of self-employment. Many of our supermoms who've taken our admin courses have launched themselves as self-employed contractors and secured clients through their own means. It's what I did when I started out in the Salesforce ecosystem. Today, I'd like to explore what it can take to set yourself up as self-employed, what the pros and cons are, And so you can really think about whether being self-employed is an option you'd like to pursue. So there's certainly pros and cons of working for yourself. So today we're going to explore this opportunity in more depth with special guest Megan Hyman, CEO and principal of Bright Step Partners. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the show. Please do introduce yourself. Oh,
1: Heather, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, my name is Megan and I have owned my own company, Bright Step Partners, for seven years and before that worked as a contractor for somebody else for a couple of other years. And before that stayed at home for uh, five or six years with my kids. So I'm super excited to
0: talk to you and your community and be here today. Brilliant. So as you can see, I've got a perfect example of somebody that's gone down this route and followed very in similar fun steps to myself, right? I mean, I think it's about the same amount of time that we've been running a consultancy um, and had that experience of working as a contractor. So we get let's talk through like the different steps and the mindset that you would go through to, to really get to this point of going, absolutely it's the right thing to do. Megan, reflecting back to those days where you first became a contractor and then you set up a consultancy, what made you decide to take those steps? Yeah, I think kind of even stepping back one step further, kind of
1: coming from being home with the kids, I really took a look at what I wanted and wanted a flexible schedule and really loved the Salesforce work that I had been doing as a managing director before. But I needed kind of the confidence uh, to get going. And so I can talk a little bit more about that Mm -hmm. now. But I ended up working as a contractor for somebody else. And that felt like the right fit then because I really just even things, simple things like sending people meeting invitations when we had a meeting set up, like that was something that I didn't really wasn't in the habit of doing just after being home with the kids. So some of those norms kind of gave me the confidence working for somebody else. But there was definitely a moment um, with a particular client that I just, I had, I wanted to do it a different way. I just, I wanted to work on this project a different way. I felt like I had a different vision for where we were going. And that was kind of the moment that I just started to decide to start my own company. At the time, though, I met somebody else, um, a woman named Tracy, who's amazing. We're still great fans to this day. And we kind of connected over lunch and decided to start the company together. And I think that was actually what gave me the confidence, some of the confidence at the time to do it is to do it with someone else. And one of the reasons I'm having this conversation now is because I want women to have that confidence without necessarily needing to bring in a partner. Um, Tracy's an amazing friend, but that initial decision kind of impacted uh, the choices that we had later on in terms of finances and growth. Mm -hmm. And so one of the reasons I'm doing this work is just to encourage folks to have the confidence to do it on their own, not necessarily with a partner, but it could be with a partner and Uh, to know that they can do it.
0: Mm, really interesting isn't it because there's some stats out there that say businesses with the where there's a business partnership tend to be more successful um because there's two of you and there's more you know you can put more effort in but the reality also of that is that it's a, a marriage technically with lots of things to think about and roles and responsibilities and and where i've seen business partnerships really work and maybe you can share your own experience as we go through the conversation today is where they do have like a coach or somebody that works with them to can help them work and figure out perhaps some things that come up um around performance or roles and, and somebody who's that third person um so it, it yeah it's an interesting journey to go through so that I mean that was amazing you found somebody then just connected and that gave you a foundation and confidence to move forward I mean it's very emotional kind of getting to that point where right I'm going to do this I'm going to quit my job or I'm going to you know take the plunge, register the company like that's really exciting really nerve-wracking and for many people they might never take that leap um and, you know, I went through that journey myself because I was sort of at the point of going, well, I'm not really enjoying the company where I'm working for um, and I've got an idea and that's like, you know, a bit of a push and a pull factor. So what was it, what's been your emotional journey, Megan? Like, you know, what led you to kind of think actually, yes, I can do this.
1: Yeah, I think this isn't something that folks talk about enough of the emotional journey of being an entrepreneur, which is often like 75% emotional courage and 25% technical (laughs) execution. Right. And so I think that the more we can talk about this, the better. Even when I talk to folks about starting their own business, they're like, well, I could never start my own business. But meanwhile, they're starting to contract on the side. Like, well, is this just semantics? Because you're actually, you are doing the work, you know, you're doing the work. So part of it is like how we view ourselves and uh, the structure around which we create our work. So I would encourage so for example I'll tell you the story of somebody that's um in my in my course and program right now. So he, he's working with a client right now and thinking about bringing on a contractor to kind of help extend his work. But we kind of came to the forefront that there that there's no formal contract in place between him and the client. So um, that was kind of the first step of formalizing his work in order to bring on somebody else. And so I think kind of the first emotional journey is like knowing that we're worth it, that we offer value to folks and recognizing that and formalizing that for the clients. So even if it feels like a huge leap to say like, okay, like I can't start a business that feels like emotionally too big, Well, what does it look like to do projects for folks in my network and actually charge for that because I'm offering them value and create some framework and process and structure around it so that I could bring other people in to help me. So I would say there's like baby steps that we can take to even if the big journey of starting a business feels too big.
0: Mm. And what do you think the difference is practically between being a freelance contractor versus starting your own business? Well, how do people distinguish that in their minds? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: Well, I think there's a key difference between being a contractor and being a consultant Mm -hmm. and being a consultant involves process. So a contractor is more about responding to the needs that somebody uh, requests Mm -hmm. being like, okay, you want this, I'll build this. You want this, I'll build this. And a consultant is really about leading a client through a process Mm -hmm. and helping surface things proactively for them as well as having a structured process that you lead them through. We're going to meet on Tuesdays. We're going to collaborate in this way. And so oftentimes in our own emotional journey, like we may feel like we don't have all the answers for the process yet. So sometimes like you end up creating that process as you go and giving ourselves permission Mm -hmm. to create that process. And I think that extends to bringing on team members too. Is like you bring on team members and you have to kind of like, uh, have a structure by which the team engages with clients and the team leads clients through a process as well. So but I think we as women, like especially like if we're if we're like juggling kids and families and like we're some of the most organized folks we know. So anybody can do process. Like (laughs) we can do process. So
0: exactly. Yeah. No interesting reflections there. So you know if you're a self-employed freelancer, you could go and work you know you could get Uh, an agency get get a contract role through an agency be working for one company for six months but you almost be treated as a little bit of an employee because they might set the terms of agreement that you're there nine to five or you know working on a specific project as part of a bigger team which you've got that security you can bounce off people etc whereas if you're a self-employed consultant and maybe even have your own brand so it might be your name but it might be like yours is bright step and mine's economic change um you can sort of feel like you can set your terms of agreement with the customer. Like you can say, well, I'm, I'm available between these days and times and this is when I work. And, you know, that, I suppose that's a good way of looking at it as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, I love that distinction too, right? Because so working as a true contractor for one company is a great way, especially for women coming back into the workforce Mm -hmm. that need kind of uh, more experience, but it is almost like being an employee, right? It's like, you don't really have uh, control over the terms of, How it works. But I think that is one of the benefits for women that are self employed and just like um, give themselves the confidence to know that they can provide clients with value is that they do get to determine the terms. I mean, for example, like this summer, my son and I rented a house up at the river for a month and Mm -hmm. I worked on client stuff in the morning and then we hung out on the river all day. And, you know, that kind of flexibility is what's been really important to me while my kids are still young, but it's
0: gonna, you know, change in the future too. So that's my love. Yeah. No, I love that. So let's talk about the confidence to do it. So obviously the latter feels better perhaps for some people you know when it's the right time to go, right, okay, I'm gonna be a self employed consultant. Um, you know, set those terms where you can work in the morning and not in the afternoon. And I was the same, you know, I was I was doing three days a week um, and I was very clear with clients, you know, initially when I had my young daughter, the, you know, I worked Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays and, and that's it. Um, you know, what I suppose the confidence to take that leap and make it happen is a key thing. Cause people are going to be like, Oh, am I going to get cut? How do I find customers? Um, you know, how do I start off on this journey and make it real? Um, and, you know, how do I move through that? So what, what was the journey that you took to feel confident that you could run a business?
1: Yeah, I think it really involves surrounding yourselves with folks who will believe in you as well. So because there's a lot of folks who will tell us not to do it. So I tell this story a lot that when we were first starting the business, that there was another partner uh, run by a male company who like basically wanted to hire us for our strategic chops and then told us we had a lifestyle business. And I was like, so mad. I like, got off the phone and like, like hung up. Um, So there's a lot of folks just who will tell you that this is a crazy idea and don't do it. So part of understanding and protecting your dream is like um, surrounding yourselves with folks who will encourage you and give you like tangible next steps to do it and help kind of support you. So I would say that that's one of the first pieces. The other thing I would say, especially with finding clients is to work the networks that you already have, and start telling folks what you're doing. Mm I think that can go a long way. Like, I know a lot of women, particularly who are like, well, I'm not ready to post on LinkedIn, because I'm not really ready yet. I'm like, just go for it. Tell people what you're doing. Just put your Mm -hmm. flag in the sand and say, I'm looking for Salesforce projects, you know, doing this type of implementation and this, and you'll be surprised at what comes out of the woodwork. And the third thing I would say is like having the self-confidence to start charging for things. Like oftentimes when you start telling folks what you're doing, somebody will say, well, oh, I have this project. And like, do you think you could help me? And having the confidence to say, yes, I will solve this for you. And I'm going to charge this. And it doesn't mean you have to have all of the answers yourself, but you're committed to offer value to that client and find the answers. And I think that's one of the big emotional things is that uh, not feeling like you have to know everything before we get started. And that's a very common thing for women is like, we're like, well, when I know this, when I'm certified, then I'll do this. And those things are great. But if we always wait till we're over prepared, then we'll never take the leaps that we need to for the next thing.
0: Yeah, no, that's so true. No, it's really me. It brings me back to when I started because, the well, I didn't, you know, it's like, shall I quit my job or not? And it's that nerve-wracking experience. And so I took a week off work and no joke, I probably did about 40 meetings with people that week. Um, but they all became like a source of clients for me. Like it was like a business development, really intense week, back-to-back meetings, running around London. Um, but they, as I say, that transcended into work and gave me the confidence to go, actually, yeah, I could source these People believe in me. Um, you know, there's that potential income there. And um, just, you know, piloted it. And, you know, very much like you said, I'd done the initial sort of Salesforce certs. And at the time, they'd done a consultancy course. But it was when I'd started working with clients, I was like, OK, actually, I'll pay for the business analysis course and use the money that I'm earning and, and pay for this. So I wasn't like, you know, in that place where I was like, oh, I haven't got an official BA cert and I haven't got an official project management cert. You know, I'd started earning and sort of being self-employed before that and started to get work. So as you say, you don't, you know, it's not being over prepared initially but it's sort of getting the ball rolling isn't it and moving moving forward um to take those steps so really really good yeah all those points just really reflect on on the journey I took and you know talking about the benefits again I suppose you know there's got to be enough of a pull to do this because you want to have a clear vision for what change would be you know why am I going to you know you might have a risk averse partner who's <laughs> like, well, you might not make any money. And you know, what's the, you know, it's a bit of a risk. You've got a full-time job or a salary. Like, you know, why, why do you want to take this out there? So, you know, we've got to think about what are the benefits and that not be made up in our head because maybe we have this idealistic view. So I love the example you gave about, you know, being able to live for a month by the river and see your kids, and, and um, you know, balance those two things. What are the other benefits that we could sort of, you know, share with people? Do you think anything else that you could share?
1: Yeah. Well, I think one of the benefits for me is just the self-confidence of understanding the value that I can create for myself and for others. And that has translated into every single aspect of my life. Even if I choose to go work for somebody else again, which probably might never happen. I don't know. Now that I've got a taste, I'm like, well, I'm going to do this next. Um, But just it's given me so much self-confidence and just in every aspect of my life. Uh, The other benefit is I really I love to do different things. And so I often use my Mm -hmm. business as kind of a vehicle to explore uh, different avenues. And so that gives me a lot of flexibility and agency and then also just the flexibility with time and um, family and kind of dictating. Those are the benefits, I would say for me personally, and I know other, and money. I mean, I make more money now than I made ever working for somebody else, right? And I also have so many more levers. Um, I don't think, it, like, especially in the beginning, there's, you know, financial just like, there, there's ways to structure, especially consulting business that will make you more money and less money. And it, you have to be careful about that too, especially the rates you charge initially. Uh, but mm-hmm. I would say like finances have been huge for me. It's been a great kind of boon for my family in terms of offering value, but also offering myself financial security. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, and then the other benefit is like folks, especially with uh, the pandemic and things I'm like, well, nobody can lay me off. I, <laughs> Yeah. I feel, you know, I've got it's probably fearing. more, I've got more financial security than I ever had. I might, you know, lose some clients, but like, you know, like nobody's, I'm not going to be at risk of kind of the whims of somebody else losing my job. But I yeah. think, you know, from the downside, it is, it's hard. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. Folks don't talk about like just the emotional overhead of like, oh, you know, for example, like there's sometimes like right now I have like too many clients. I can't take on another client right now, but, you know, three months from now, I might be like, oh, well, you know, I have space for another client. And, and folks don't talk about that emotional roller coaster of like, um, you know, I've learned to just ride it out, to kind of trust in the higher power that like, when, you know, clients are needed, they'll come up and also just telling folks, hey, like telling folks in my network, like, hey, we have capacity for uh, another couple clients, we're looking for this. And so there is that emotional overhead of, mm. uh, you know, that weight, and especially as uh, one brings on team members and more employees. And, you know, this is something you can speak to as you have uh, scaled your team is just there's that overhead to a feeling responsible for other folks and their families and not their well being. And um, so for me, that's kind of a decision I've made in terms of how many full time employees I want. And I used to have larger team of full-time employees and now I have fewer and um, more contractors just to give me a little bit more flexibility but that is uh, Mm. a real emotional overhead too
0: yeah no interesting so I love that you built it all up like this sounds amazing and then you're like yeah but (laughs) there is those challenges and I, I think it's being really honest about those challenges isn't it again I echo all the points that you've mentioned do really reflect on, you know, what I found even, you know, working independently is, you you know, you're really busy and then it dropped off and you're like, Oh, got a few weeks I need to get out there and start marketing again. And, um, you know, you, you can earn a, a good salary at the end of the year, but it wasn't necessarily always consistent in terms of, you know, what you might get one month is great. And then next month it's lower again. So you always have to uh, counter for that. Don't you, the, the ebbs and lows, um, of doing it and and do you think you know people be worried about what can i get the clients and the marketing angles what you mentioned about networking but what happens if people haven't really got network in the salesforce space what would you sort of recommend that they do because that might be one of some of these like main challenges
1: yeah i think it's a real it's a real thing in terms of like where where does one get clients and how does one find clients And I know I've heard a lot of folks starting out saying like, I don't really like sales, so I could never start my own business. But I would think about it more as connections. And so if if you don't have connections already in the Salesforce space, it's actually like working the connections that you do have in terms of the folks of business. And one question that I always like that I've heard other people ask is they'll talk to somebody they know and say, hey, this is the particular kind of work I'm looking for this is the things that I'm passionate about you know is there anybody else that I should talk to that you think would be helpful for that could be interested in what I'm doing either as potential client or that you think would be a good connection who would know other folks and it's a very simple question but it's a very powerful one in terms of being intentional about uh, making connections and telling folks what you're doing. The other thing is don't be afraid to be passionate about what you love. And it doesn't have to be all things Salesforce and get super niche. Like it's important to find a niche and to get super specific because there's a lot of folks who are like, I do Salesforce for all the things, for all the people. Mm -hmm. And it's so that's really hard to find potential clients that way. But if it's like a really niche thing, like for this particular industry and this particular region, even if you change your mind later, then you'll find that, in my experience, once I put the flag in the sand and say, like, for example, BrightStep works with environmental, educational, and justice initiatives with a focus on Salesforce communities, if I say that enough times, (laughs) you start to get referrals for those, because people will remember that. So that's the two things I would recommend, is just, like, Trying to talk to the folks that you do know, asking them for connections to additional folks, and get super niche and passionate. And that when mm. when one talks about their passion, folks just respond to that. It's kind of amazing how far some passion
0: can go. Mm, good advice. Good advice. And I think bouncing back to something you said at the beginning, Megan, as well. um And uh, you know, I di- I did toy with this idea. Where I feel dabbled in it is is you know, you could become a contractor for another consultancy for example so you know it's it a great exposure to consultancy you know you hire contractors for your consultancy for example you know and a lot do a lot do because they want to not necessarily have the employee overhead as a fixed term cost so it's a great way to sort of you know provide it's not like working for an end customer, which is maybe more nine till five. A lot of our supermums have actually got contracts with consultancies where they can still set their terms of working to some degree. They're, they're pretty much working part, you know, part time and on hours, which suits them. Um, so that can be a great way to start, can't it? As well, um, and that leads me to that point. That you talked about growing a team, and you saying that you brought on contractors and that, that's, you know, that's a really good balance, isn't it? And I think I, I grew my team because even though I wanted to work three days a week, then I had a client calling me up on the Wednesday, you know, when I was meant to be off. And I just remember this time it was outside Debenhams and I was like, Oh God, they're ringing me up and they need me to access their system. And the Salesforce app wasn't available then, right? Where you could be the admin. (laughs) And I was like, Oh no, what do I do? And you know, my kid's crying in the background and you're like, no, okay. I don't, you know, I need to actually have a team that can support me. And, you know, given sort of the last year, actually having a team where you might need to be off or you're homeschooling and you've got a team that can keep things moving is a benefit of growing a team. Um, You know, it's got a financial overhead to it, but it's also allowed me to maintain flexibility as well. Um, Are you in your team now? How does it work in terms of, you know, your setup? Yeah,
1: great question. So right now we've got two full-time employees and four contractors. Okay. We, we went, at one point we had five full-time employees. I had two people hired by Salesforce within a year. So I decided wasn't going to do that much longer. Right. So it does make a difference to have multiple folks that mm-hmm. can work together. And I think, especially if you're thinking about being self-employed, creating that structure around oneself so that it doesn't feel so burdening and overwhelming is really important. Mm -hmm. It can be via other contractors too. Like it doesn't have, what I would encourage women on this call or women listening or other folks listening is just to not think in so structured ways. Like there are ways, for example, when I was first starting out where I would hire another contractor to cover our support lines while we were gone, right? Like it doesn't have to be, it can be more of a, um, you can build a team of support around you without necessarily needing full-time employees. And at the same time, it's great to work in community and work with the team of folks and have a group of people to collaborate with. One thing I would kind of, caution against and just thinking about working towards the end in mind is that consulting is really a margin. It's a margin business, mm-hmm. which means that um, you're charging a certain rate to a client and then you're paying folks either as a full-time salary or as a contractor kind of a different rate and the the profit of the business or where where the business has to take all the money to pay for accounting and benefits and all that things is kind of the difference. And so that's where um, folks that really love developing kind of talent and staff and growing teams really shine in terms of like developing the staff uh, and capacity, but it is kind of, it is a very, and it's not like a product company where you can scale the product and build team. Mm-hmm. For example, like one of the projects I'm working on right now is an app on the app exchange. It's called Akunu for pipeline reviews. It's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and it's a product. And so that for that company, we're definitely bringing on more team members in terms of the ability to scale. So I would, so that's just my one kind of caution is just for consulting businesses in particular, it there's, there's very, there's numbers that inform the scale and the growth because it's all about time and you Mm. can't scale time. And so that's one of the tricky parts of like balancing a team and how much, um, how many folks and things. But I think just like you said with, with COVID and things like having a team around you is like, it's, um, it feels good. It feels good to work together towards something and towards a common goal and to add value to clients. It just, it's a really Mm. great thing
0: yeah and I love that you know you don't have to think oh I'm, I'm gonna have to grow a big business like keeping it small and feeling like you're taking on the clients you want to take on and feeling you know that that's you know is where you want to be I mean that's and I love that and I, I sometimes get really frustrated with myself for like having this you know this entrepreneurial book of like I want to grow it like you know I grew in my last company and I was like oh I'll just keep this one small and then the next minute I'm like so we have 20 staff now <laughs> and i want to double that now you know and so going through that journey um but i think it's taking each step at the time isn't it when i had young kids i was like no actually keeping it small is great and then you kind of move through this journey and, and i think it's just going with the flow isn't it and you know you could downsize or increase and um you know just it's about getting that balance that's right for you in that lifetime and a lot of the companies have sold out right they grow and then they sold out to the bigger players
1: Well, I would like, I love that. It's like giving yourself permission to have the right size business for you. There's actually a book that I really like called The Right Size Business. I mean, Mm -hmm. don't smash your ambition because like Heather, I mean, it's amazing. Like you're going to be on every continent by the, you know, in the next um, (laughs) period of time. But, you know, art, my company might be, you know, building apps, and all of a sudden, you're going to be like, wait, what kind of product does Megan have? And, you know, with the team of 10, you know, so I think, and both of those are okay, right? There's yeah, no, yeah. there's no right answer and right formula for what folks and we we can't measure our own desires and ambition by like, someone else's journey, we have to understand that there's different paths to and to redefine success, especially as ourselves as a business owner. So I love just sharing that you're like, no, I do want to double. I do want to grow my team. I do want to do this, or not, right? And both not, are okay.
0: Yeah. And talking about apps, though, because we, we've got we've developed an app as well, which um, is going through. Yeah, uh, you know, we'll go through the process of on the App Exchange. But it's it's interesting, and it's really important, I think, point to mention is that. Consultancy is one option for self-employment, but also building a product on the App Exchange. Um, you know, obviously we're talking about the Salesforce ecosystem here, and building a product that other people can use and selling that and consulting on that is absolutely another way to go, right? I mean, we're both obviously thinking about that, and you're—I don't know where how far you are along on that. But what made you think about taking that option?
1: Yeah, well, I think one of the great things about a product business is that you can reach more folks with what you have um, and it's less time-based in terms of like consulting. Consulting is very strategic and intensive and customizable, Mm -hmm. but some of the products can reach more folks in a scalable way. And so it is um, for folks thinking about doing apps on the app exchange, like really I would encourage y'all to run the numbers first and kind of understand Mm -hmm. like, what the potential market size is and what exists already and like who the potential clients are because there is um, some cost just to support an app and a kind of understanding what the minimum cost is. There may be a reason to just do a set of customizations for a client rather than do a full app and take on the overhead of that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we're excited. We're like into the second year of um, clients for... This and gone through a security review, and I worked with awesome. a few clients, or um, more than a few clients, in this kind of first year to refine features. So, so
0: Brilliant. that's why I'm spending okay. some of my and do this. Yeah, yeah. So cool. congratulations Definitely on happen. your app too. Definitely. I can't wait
1: to see what it, um, how it comes together, and support you in that too
0: yeah well, a few steps behind you so i might be tapping into your knowledge on that and talk about your knowledge i think one of the things that you know we share a passion for teaching and training and sharing our knowledge with other people so you set up a training program didn't you that helps other consultants um get themselves up and running successfully so can you just tell us a little bit more about that and what some of the, the top tips that you share on that course
1: yeah definitely so what I, what The reason for starting this course is that I had been starting to mentor a bunch of folks on starting their own consulting business, right? As I'm sure you've been approached by many folks as well. And so I started helping folks and they'd say, okay, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about a potential? Now I need to submit a proposal and now I need to do this step in the process. And so I finally like packaged it all up. And put it into a program so that really I could scale the number of folks that I could support, and particularly mm-hmm. with a focus on diverse owned businesses in the ecosystem, which I feel like mm-hmm. we can always use more of. And what it's evolved into is kind of a it's a 14 part on demand course and then supplemented by monthly coaching calls. So we have group coaching calls where uh, yesterday actually we talked about different types of partnerships that are successful and growing in our business. So informal partnerships, organized partnerships, kind of structured partnerships with um, larger companies like Salesforce and how one can engage in all of those different types and what that actually looks like on the ground in terms of uh, starting and growing a business. So it's become this amazing, uh, community of folks one woman wrote me and she's like you know this was more than I could ever pay for the support of doing this and launching my business and just like what I've been able to do so it's been super fulfilling work and it's um it's a really uh I in terms of just being able to do that and it gives me a lot of energy to really support folks and give them tangible next steps towards their goal and the confidence and just that emotional support of both myself and a community
0: absolutely and I, and I think at any point you can always benefit from that as well i keep saying i'm going to start your program so this year is the year i'm going to do your program because i'm sure there's top <laughs> tips in there that i could still learn um like you know we never know we never know everything and i think it's so important to learn from each other and you've set up that great space to kind of allow people to connect share ideas um you know and share your knowledge because we can be more successful quicker we're learning from each other and we've got somebody guiding our hands so i think it's so valuable like both of us share that vision for supporting more women to the sector helping them set up their own you know themselves as freelancers or self-employed and kind of really taking that step so uh yeah exciting to It'll be exciting to see what comes of this. And we'd love to hear, if you've been listening today and have been inspired to take action and explore it, Like, please do get in touch with us and let us know that you've taken those steps and we can share those stories in our case. Of this. I'm sure Megan would love to hear that. And and Megan, what's the URL for your program if people want to find out more?
1: Yeah, it's brightstepleadership.com is where awesome. I have a blog and course and content. And there's a free 30-minute a masterclass too, so if folks want to check that out, it's a great way to just um, get a bunch of really tangible tips and some support if you're thinking about
0: it sounds good all right thank you so much megan for sharing your insight today um, and all that great wisdom if you loved what you heard today please um, do review and subscribe to London crowd nine podcast show on itunes and you can also visit secret if you want to have a look at any of our training and admin courses thank you again megan for joining us thanks for having me it's great to be here that's great all right speak to you soon take care and we'll see you next week thanks take care bye Mom's on Cloud9 is kindly sponsored by RB in partnership with Entha.